Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Midcurve Podcast. It is Sunday, January 15th. Uh, it's the beginning of your week, and we are here with y'all again. Uh, the four of us are members of uh, Midcurve, which is a group of traders, um, smart people, and degenerates that spend their time looking at the crypto and NFT markets, investing, and doing a bunch of weird and fun stuff. Um, the four people we have here are Salty, Grant, Land, and Eric, who are all members, like I said, of Midcurve. And I always start the podcast off by asking them, what is their one word take on the week that was and the week that's upcoming? Uh, Eric, why don't we start with you? What is your one word for this week? Uh, coins. <laughs> Wait, what was the word? Coins. Coins? C-O-I-N-S? Coins. It's all about the coins this week. You know. Okay, so tell me what do you mean by that? You mean that we're just watching the coins we're go just, up and down? We're just watching the tokens pump, go, go, like, like going straight vertical, I think like post-CPI, then nonstop. Everyone, every CT person that, that's been doing posting for like the past two months, it's like, oh yeah, like I called bottom, you know, we're so back. <laughs> it's like, this is a secular bull market now, right? And and so I think this this is like, um, I think I say coins because Coinbase is running, tokens are running, and I think like we're we're kind of brewing, we're we're incubating this narrative that you know November December was the bottom, um, and now with like ETH on borderline deflation mode, this is like sort of the next next bull season. Um, okay. Especially, yeah. Especially in a more in a in a in a macro backdrop that I think like looks a little better versus the second half of last year. So great. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great. Uh, Grant, what about you? What's your word for the week? Still cautious, I would say. Uh, you know, everyone's everyone thinks it's you know, start of a new era, start of a new hope, but I've always maintained that you know, if there is going to be a green quarter, uh, in this what probably will be a very choppy year, it's going to be Q1, where again, like funds are redeploying, uh, sort of tax harvested everything that can they can get uh and yeah great um i think i agree with that and i also want to talk a little bit about what you talked about i want to talk about a little bit about what we talked about last week which was uh liquidation stuff and all those sort of things that you brought up that i think are, are important things to look at um salty what about you what's your one word for this week uh, I, I I wish I could do a meme instead of a word, but it's the uh, <laughs> that's fine. Listen, it, it's open. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> choose choose to do a meme. What do you got? What meme do you want to do? It's the the it's the uh, the large Wojak with the O the O face and the like one percent <laughs> green arrow up is like um, <laughs> you know I've like I I guess maybe I've been busy with other stuff this week, but I'm just like I, I'm like cool. My portfolio is green. That that provides some nice emotional relief you know it's it's hard to admit you're an animal of the markets uh but you know we all are uh but i'm like i remember when we were debating it feels like just yesterday like man eth's at 2000 is dipping to 1900 should i should i de-risk more you know and so it's like it's nice to see uh 15 or 1600 but uh i'm just yeah i mean i'm sure we'll get into it more but i don't think we're we're at the real bottom yet uh, enough of the right people haven't suffered enough and, and capitulated publicly. So, uh, but <laughs> that's that what we always look me. for. It is, it's nice to see, you know, things coming back and people activity coming back. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay. Well, really quickly before we start, I think my word for the week and, and kind of goes along with that is the word, come on. <laughs> like, okay. There are two reasons for this. One is come on, really? We're going to be this celebratory after ETH goes from, uh, 1200 to 1500. Great. But I was I wrote a tweet about this this week, which is like, I can't believe that people are ch running out to chase this ETH pump uh, and dumping all their NFTs when everybody was busy um, minting NFT garbage NFTs really at 4,500 ETH in December 2021. It's like it's just like this idea of a market that that is so emotional and so excited. And yes, there's some optimism to be seen, and I think it's a good thing. But also, come on. Let's 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 not go too crazy here. We know that what happens if we get stuck in our brains that stuff is up only or or it feels like it's going up only. I also agree that we're not um, done with the pain. But that said, you know, there are opportunities that look there is some kind of like possible uh, sunshine on the horizon, um, which I think we can get into a little bit now. Um, why don't we start with the the <laughs> to quote to quote Eric, the ripping of the coins. Uh, 
what do we see happening right now that's causing this to happen? Eric, why don't you jump into this? Because I think that there is probably some financial stuff that's happening in the news in addition to the crypto world. What, what are you seeing and why is, why is particularly ETH ripping, but then along with that, a lot of other stuff, including uh, Bitcoin? I, I mean, you, this is also like kind of stepping back into the big picture is like the broad markets are ripping, right? Um, a lot of stuff has sort of bounced off from um, recent lows. You've seen, you know, Coinstock has obviously had a huge run, but you also seeing a lot of this just happening kind of in broader like frontier uh, tech. Um, and I, I think it just, it's kind of, uh, you know, um, it's it's sort of part of this this narrative that's becoming really dominant, uh, which is inflation has peaked. Um, it's actually moderating at a faster pace than expected. And so we won't have to have um, this extended regime of high rates. You know, the Fed is, has already kind of acquiesced to smaller cuts, uh, smaller increase rate increases going forward. Uh, and they're probably, you know, Jerome Powell that wants to avoid a hard landing. So he's going to sort of urge, eventually err to the side of, of, of softening versus, you know, this, this, the, the current stance, uh, which right now I think most people don't find credible. Uh, and so we're sort of setting up for like a bottom, a bottoming out period where uh, rates go, start going down, but you don't really have a uh, recession and, and kind of the bull market comes roaring back. So I, and I think I think like within equity markets, you've already had this narrative brew in sort of late November, early December, and it's finally started to um, transform more aggressively to crypto, uh, where the price action I think has been really really anemic until recently, and, and that's kind of just because the like a little bit of time has passed since FTX, you know, like whatever's happening sort of within DCG has. Um, has it hasn't really deteriorated further. So the 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 sense is that okay, like the people who were selling are done selling. There's no more sellers, and broader macro is better. So um, we're gonna run, right? Uh, and I, I think interestingly, like the NFT markets kind of actually led this, and then you know it translated into, uh, and, and then like the broader crypto market started to follow. So like mm. from our overall big pictures, big picture standpoint. Like that seems to be like the setup, um, and I I think like even a lot of really smart people, it I I think their view like if you follow Bob Elliott, you know he's saying like look the first half is sort of this Goldilocks scenario where you have softening inflation and and this narrative that I think like rates are moderating and so people can sort of play this Fed pivot trade, um, and it probably sets up really really well to be risk on. Um, but, you know, beyond that, there's not still not a lot of certainty. And I think like when you're if you're looking at like the people that follow commodities very closely, they're starting to really talk about sort of the next leg of supply shortages. Um, and that obviously, you know, if you kind of look out longer, if we're short copper, if we're short oil, you know, if we're short fucking eggs, which which have <laughs> like. I, I don't know about you guys, but like my we went out for eggs. My wife's like, yeah, I went to like three grocery stores. So like, I can't find eggs, and they had them. Uh, they had like one option at Whole Foods, and it was like one carton per family. Um, and so like you know, if 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 we're just short all everything, eventually I think that that maybe that catches up with us again. And so I, I think this filters into sort of the caution that Grant had and what Salty talked about, which is. Things feel pretty good right now. Uh, I think like the indicators are good, but you know, like you look around and there's still a lot of things that that cause worry. And and so like, are we really through it, or is it just sort of the beginning of the year, clean slate? You want to start over, and everything feels pretty good. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. So salty. Uh, speaking to the kind of coin and DeFi space, like you said, you saw green in your portfolio this week. But is this something that like do you see this green uh, like surviving for a while in your mind? Have you been following along? Does it feel like things are getting more stable in that world? Or does it feel like we're just in a very uh, choppy space for quite a while? Yeah, there are discounts to be had still. Um, and the there's a lot to say about what, what could be on the horizon. Like I said earlier, I'm sure we haven't hit 
bottom bottoms. But I'm I'm curious. I was going to ask Eric, you know, where uh, where does he think we are on the don't fight the Fed scale? Because um, as a simple man, don't fight the Fed makes a lot of sense to me. That um, you know, the the liquidity faucets, uh, you know, everything from reverse repo to fund rates to the the bond. I mean, they they control the liquidity, and so. Uh, from the charts I look at, which is uh, Arthur Hayes has his systemic liquidity chart, which I think is accurate enough for me. And I look at the stable coin um, charts on things like DeFi Llama to track the total, you know, uh, back stable coins in the system. I don't see drastic changes there. So that means, as we've talked about before, that the pie we're all fighting to get slices of is not getting that much bigger. So then it's got to be the same pie, just shifting hands. So there's probably uh, losers right now, too, you know, as, as things go up, uh, because we haven't seen a drastic commiserate increase in liquidity. But yeah, Eric, I'm curious if, if we're on the fight the Fed scale, like the Fed has uh, telegraphed that they're not going to actually lower rates this year, right? Or, or is my layman understanding? I, I, I mean, basically, people are calling bullshit because because they're saying like, oh, you're saying lower for longer now, but you don't really want a recession. Um, and if, if inflation starts to play ball, you're going to cut rates. Uh, and so, you know, I call bullshit and I'm going to fight, fight the Fed, right? So it's very, it's very funny because, because fight the Fed used to be like this, this, this um, call to action for, uh, you know, bulls to say like, look, like, you know, these, these bears, like, don't fight the Fed because uh, they're, they're going to keep rates low. And so just go long. And now the dynamic that dynamic has has you know slipped, and I think every time we've had like this any semblance of a bear market rally, it would, it's really been like fighting like people fighting the Fed and saying inflation's bottom, like we're you know the Fed needs to cover it. Like look at the look at fucking Kathy Wood's letter to the Fed, right? That is the, it's like a classic example. So I I think like we're very much in the mode of fighting the Fed. Um, which is which is not like to say like people like are directly you know fighting the Fed, but more so I think adopting the buy the dip mentality, which is which at any point within the bear market of like the last decade, if you did that, you ended up making a lot of money. So so I think like the current generation of like major market participants have been conditioned to sort of chase and to really lean into this narrative when it comes up. Um, you know, I just don't have a strong view that we're we're necessarily. Uh, at the end of it, because when I look at commodity markets, when I look at, you know, energy transition stuff, uh, when I look at the fact that China demand is coming up back a full reopening, there's a lot of things on sort of the supply side that we're, we're just not, I don't, I don't think we've actually gone back to normal post-COVID yet. Um, and so if you're just mm -hmm. stacking like demand on top of that, um, it is going to get, I think it's going to get really tricky. Right. So, so, you know, I saw like there's a Bloomberg article today where um, because of the spike in business travel demand for uh, air travel demand, like people are reactivating really, really few inefficient airplanes uh, like the A380s and like, you know, this A747s. Like when I was covering aerospace and I was talking to analysts, you know, who follow the sector, they, basically everybody kind of pounded the table with absolute certainty that, hey, like look, these planes will never see daylight again. Like, all of them will just sit out in the desert. It's a completely new regime. You know, business travel is going to take a long time to come back. It's going to be really fucked because nobody's going to travel post COVID. Uh, and so like, we just don't need these things. And they're going to sit out in the desert because their yields are terrible in, 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 in the, in the paradigm of the new market. Um, and we're like, you know, you, you, if you're, if you're tied to any part of that supply chain, you're just going to eat shit for a long time. And now we're pulling out the A380s. Like <laughs> right, because we need them. These fucking like double decker gas guzzlers, you know? Because because yeah, because like they're like oh like we need the business seats. So These have a ton of them. Like roll it out. <laughs> you yeah, know? make it work. Make yeah. it work. Grant, Grant, what about you? What is your take on on where we are coin wise and and how all this stuff is rolling out? Do you feel like this is a sustainable move? Do you see that this is going to go to the two k plus range, or or what's your take? I think both realities are certainly possible, right? Like because of how illiquid crypto as a whole is. I mean, the Friday candle was just nuts, right? Like it was the biggest intraday move we've seen since what, like early twenty twenty one. 
Yeah, it was uh, that's crazy. like a full raging bull market, right? Uh, and you know, just last week we were talking about, or maybe it was earlier this week. I'm starting to lose track of days here. Like uh, the like almost all the Hopi staff getting uh, laid off, and like you know, incoherent communication from from the C-suite, including from Justin. Right. And two months ago, like for me, that was, you know, SBF was like the existential crisis, right? Because it wasn't just about the money. It was about like all the influential people in Washington and in, you know, Hollywood who were just wrapped up in this, this, this unthinkable scheme of like corruption and fraud. Right. Uh, And we're just, yeah, we're less than 60 days removed from that. Right. Yeah. Great. Good. Like, I I think like nobody paid attention to this, but last week there was literally a raid on Nexo's offices. (laughs) Oh (laughs) yeah. That went so under the radar. No one cared. Yeah. It's like Nexo was the last one standing too of the of the yield I, offers, right? I mean, these guys like offshore to escape regulation, and you know they went out saying that they were running like a delta neutral two point five billion dollar strategy in crypto that allowed them to earn double digit yields with, with no risk, which was like they checked off all the boxes of like okay, so like something's not above board here, right? right. Um, so, so all that is to say, Faki, like. This is like the forefront, like kind of the the wild west of like human emotion and human nature, right? Like the casino will go on, right? Can we hit two k, two point four k, whatever? Yeah, we can. I think all our point, all our collective points here is that there probably isn't the time to be like all in, right? Like this isn't the start of a new uh, frontier or a new beginning. Uh, you know, unlike what GCR might be peddling online, even though I might be, you know, may or may not be long some very, very, very degenerate gaming coins right now. (laughs) I could imagine. Well, something could run. You know what I mean? Like, definitely things can run right now. I feel like that's what we're in. We're in the, what the hell is that thing doing running mode, right? That's what it feels like. So GCR called and says he's already rotated out of the metaverse thing. I I mean, people are still going to pump metaverses as they exit, but but you know he's he's talking about like the altcoin rotation and i'm uh, i'm personally skeptical of that and you know what really gets me in the feels is that a few normie friends have reached out and be like hey i see crypto's moving hey you buying crypto and i'm like aha i'm not touching yeah. any news oh, new I, 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 <laughs> I had dead discords come back like they're like oh yeah like we're so back you know, so so you look at this and you're like, I, I can understand why we're running, but but I think GCR is is a case of I think obviously just a gigabrain who plays the space really well because he called this echo bubble in like early December. Yes, right. Yes, and so he positioned himself into it, and he has the benefit of being able to rotate out because he has profits to rotate out of. Um, but I I think for anyone who's just coming in and kind of feeling the FOMO um it is it's it's one of those things where like you know i agree with grant you got to be really careful because you're chasing the stuff like yes it's still down 90 percent from all-time highs but you're also chasing it up like 100 percent off the bottom and so much of this shit is narrative driven and narratives shift very quickly like last and month, by the way i was gonna say not only is it narrative driven but it's it's can be group by driven right like i do think there's definitely a thing where, or not even group by but fomo by right where where you watch people will fomo into one thing and then the people who are smarter who have the better information are going to get out before everybody else it's like a classic you know it's classic fomo buying and i think that it's in a world where there's not a bunch of new people coming in all the time you can get burned worse than in a normal FOMO buying position, conceivably, too. Oh, oh yeah. I, I think part of the reason this pump has been so strong is because it, it's also viciously liquidated people that were short. And I, I think I think every step along the way, those people that tried to reshort have also been just continuously liquidated. So somebody's losing here. This is definitely zero that, sum. You know, that that was exactly what I was alluding to earlier. And I checked the number of like, the, the fiat-backed stablecoins, as in fiat that turned into something on a chain somewhere, in the past seven days, it's up 0.17%. So if other coins are up more than 0.17%, it means that money was taken from other money that was already in the system for the most part. And yes, I think the, the massive short liquidations have to be providing that new slush that's moving around into all these green candles, right? Yeah, I, I, and, and so I think like... Um... 
you know, so I think it was Bitbit or someone that I followed that said this. I, I felt like they said it really well, which is like, look, you, you kind of, when things are running, you sort of just have to put things into perspective. Like if you're on Twitter all the time, it's, it just feels like everyone is winning. Um, but that's not the reality. And, and this is very much a, a market with winners and losers. And so you, the, last, the worst thing you can do is just force a setup that's not there. Um, also, who tweets their losses, right? Let's be honest. Like, yeah. That's the funniest thing about following any public uh, stream of information is you have people that are shouting out their positives and they're hiding their losses. Everyone is a perfect trader, right? They, yes. they, they, they sold this thing right at the top and they, they shorted like, and they flipped into something new right at the bottom. Unless they got hacked, unless they got hacked. And then they write a 20, 20 tweet thread. Yeah. Saying oh, about, how uh, they got hacked. <laughs> uh, about how their their opsec was perfect, but then they still got hacked. Um referring to people who call themselves God uh and that don't actually trade the asset class that they have in their profile. Surely not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah no. I, I don't want to go too deep into that, but that the the craziest thing about the Twitter thread to me was the fact that the, the that the person had not bought or sold an NFT for months. And I was just like, all right, dude, what are you doing yeah. here? What are we what are we doing? Why are we why is anybody even listening to you then? I and and you know, I used to not like spend a ton of time on Twitter, but but now like because you have to do it for NFTs and, and just crypto. It, you can you can start to you can really see it form right last month everybody was talking about oh like real yield you know i care about real yield i like i love gmx because it's real yield and this month like no one gives a shit like i haven't i haven't heard anybody on ct really mention real yield now the narrative is lsds you know liquid staking it's and so you can you can see the price action because last month gmx went from like 40 to 70 on that narrative it just it was just a huge pump and then this month, you know, obviously Lido has gone straight vertical along the other liquid staking tokens, right? And it's just like, well, you know, what has fundamentally changed about this thing that's been in the works for a long time, other than the fact that every shot caller on 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 Twitter is kind of pounding the table on it because they got a big bag of it, right? So so I I kind of you know it, it's just it, it it's just like this is the alternate reality the, the, yeah. that 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 I, I and i i think i think people that navigate this really well understand the alternate reality but also have very a very firm grasp of what is actually happening um yeah. and when there are dislocations between the two they can play that dislocation and make a lot of money yeah they can find the advantage um grant what what do you think so taking a step over to the nft side now that we've seen these spikes in ETH and other coins, it, a lot of the blue chips have taken a, a step back. Maybe it may be actually not even in in USD value, but some have a little bit. Based off our little rush last week, in terms of you know what was an NFT, pretty much like an NFT bull market at least across blue chips. Where do you see NFTs going over the next like week or two here? Uh, I mean, we're running up against some pretty interesting. Uh... I guess I'll call them deadlines. Uh, there's sort of the Yuga Interactive Mint coming up. Uh, there's something called Lunar New Year uh, for for us uh, Azuki enthusiasts, uh, also coming up uh, next week. Uh, and then there's you know the the fabled end of uh, Airdrop Three for for Blur, right? So we're running running up against you know some some interesting narratives, be they forced or not. Uh, for NFT traders, and all of that kind of got shot to hell uh, on Friday night with this, you know, two hundred dollar, two hundred dollar move in, in ETH, right? Uh, and as the saying goes, ETH is uh, sorry, and NFTs are sort of short ETH volatility, uh, at least in the short term. Uh, and of course, a lot of them have, su have suffered across the board. Um, for me, you know, unless you're first out the door, you're already kind of late in terms of dumping your JPEGs uh, to get back uh, over to the side of ETH. So, uh, you know, if you're still holding, then you should just hold for the long run, right? And kind of pray that your asset class isn't held by certain whales who may or may not be uh, over leveraged uh, on bend out loans. <laughs> You'd hope so, right? I also think there's, a, there's an interesting, you know, so many people have theories about... Um, 
the way the money rotates in and out of NFTs, right? And like where it's going to, you know, where it went, where it goes and what brought it in. I kind of think, you know, speaking to the Wild West kind of theme is that we don't really know. I think the one thing I continue to believe is that like there are probably a handful of relatively safe NFT buys, but so much stuff, the stuff that's popped, that popped a little bit, that's old stuff is not going to pop anymore. And I just think you're either in that handful of plays or you're in new stuff coming out. Obviously, having money in the space allows you to play the market um, uh, both on a degen level or on a more uh, higher level. But I'm I'm really curious to know and see what this Yuga Mint does, if it does anything this week. I kind of weirdly, I don't know, did you guys think that the meme land mint was the beginning of the cool down of the market or do you of the nft market or do you feel like it was already cooling before that uh, eric what's your thoughts on that I, I mean i think we've had like a massive run right and and so yeah they come off a lot but in dollar terms if you were to benchmark nfts among other our asset classes um they were still probably among the best performing asset classes right like getting into a Zuki as single digits or getting into an ape in like the fifties, um, you know, like those are big winners on a relative ETH basis and also on uh, just a US dollar basis. Like there's no way, regardless of how you cut it. So I think that this is one of those situations where I sort of take a step back and just say like, well, we had a massive run off the lows kind of due for a cooling down irrespective of sort of, you know, the, the whatever the narrative of the week is. Um, interestingly, you know, the fact that ETH goes up and NFTs goes down, it's not a unique phenomenon. Um, when you look at commodity markets like copper and oil, generally speaking, price action on those commodities tend to be negative um, when um, the U.S. dollar is strong. Right? And it's, it's, it actually makes a lot of sense because they're denominated in U.S. currency. So when their relative value in USD when the U.S. dollar is stronger, they become more expensive at the margin for non-U.S. consumers, and so demand goes down. But you probably, I think, I think you're actually in the short term seeing something very, very similar here. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I just, I, I don't think this is like, you know, there, there are narratives. I think, like, obviously, the AP ecosystem is a big leader of it, and I feel like this is one of those things where, you know, people went into the Jimmy Min expecting free money. Um, and now they actually have to work for it by playing a game. Uh, <laughs> it is I've pretty crazy, by the way, that, that game. I don't, I just like, well, first of all, there's two things about this I want to say. One is I find it remarkably both, I guess, encouraging in a weird, like a juvenile way, but also kind of strange that the whole thing is about, uh, is so centered around the butthole and so many things that just are like, oh my God, I just can't believe that this asset class that's the most expensive asset or one of the most expensive assets in this space has done an entire uh, game around something this stupid. I like that personally in some ways too, but it seems crazy. And then the other thing is, I feel like we've been in this world where like, it just seems so strange to make people like play a game to do this that isn't really a game. It's more like a mobile game experience. And it kind of feels like, hey, we're going to have something for you to do, but it doesn't really have anything to do with the NFTs. Does anybody else feel that way? Like, it, it just feels like a okay kind of thing. Like, oh, I, I, I guess. Like, that was a, kind of my take to the whole uh, mobile, the Jimmy game thing. I was kind of excited about it, but then instantly I was like, I feel like this is just going to get fivered, like the old whitelist competitions of like, you know, the, yeah. the way to win back in the day really was either to start your own project and rug or to get like 40 to 60 discord alts and pay people on fiverr to spam to get whitelist stuff so i'm like the game like it would be fun if it could be just that fun thing but i feel like i don't i don't know all the details maybe technically they'll figure out a way to stop it but i was just like oh like i would i would play this just for fun but i know it's going to get like like modded or sibled or fivered somehow you know that's yeah that, that that's happened before that's that's called neo tokyo season two uh, we've been through that experience already. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I was, you know, I think, I think I remember something in 2021, we had the treasure hunt, uh, for apes. And then there was this like, basically, you know, self-proclaimed elite level group of cra uh, code crackers or hackers or whatever. And then, you know, they took the prize and they sold the ape like instantly. 
like within 24 hours of receiving receiving the prize and we'll probably see the same um i just i don't want to be too harsh because i think you know this is like uh, what like a top 20 coin that has so far like been you know to be frank incredibly mismanaged by their governance framework uh, and has had no sinks right other than you know come buy a dad hat or, or you know, <laughs> pants, yeah right? so this is you know the first like concerted effort at doing something with the coin and even if it might be like a ripoff of you know whatever mobile game from from the 2010s you want to pick um it's it's at least an effort right so we'll, we'll see you know how it goes like not only over like the next week of like the gaming competition but also like what they turn that sewer pass into in terms of like gamification which is uh, quite honestly the real game in in crypto and nfts right because like game yeah. theory is what everyone actually wants to do uh, as opposed to you know play something uh and yeah we'll see how well uh apecoin holds above this five dollar handle this is going to be more free money for ape holders, right? Because the ape holders are going to get it and then sell it, right? The only way to get it is to buy it off somebody to play the game once it's airdropped to people that hold an ape. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, I, sh I should be giving these guys credit as well because, you know, every every moment since the dog claim uh, has been just a massive liquidity suck. And this time they said, nope. We're just gonna do a free free claim, and you know you can you can pay with Ape to I guess get a booster in the game and whatnot, but that's about it. Yeah, I I I'm with Grant. I I don't actually understand why people are super mad about this because because one you're still it's still giving like the ecosystem a massive shot in the arm. Two, you don't have to pay anything to mint it, and then three, you know like. You still, if you're ape holder or you have the pair, like you still have some baseline level of benefits in terms of the rarity of the of, of the key that you can mint. But, but yeah, you, you got to do something, which which I feel is like actually really, really, re you know, reasonable given that the number one criticism, um, for the space and for for anything gaming related in the space is that there's no real gaming experience. Um, so there there's at least an attempt here to kind of move in the right direction. I just I, I think people just want free money. Uh, and so when they don't get free money, they'll bitch and moan. By the end of the day, they'll still sweep the passes and, and do what they got to do. <laughs> I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that's definitely for sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's, and it's still Yuga, by the way, which is still the market driver across the board. Um, do, you know, I didn't understand this in myself. Is there, so is there only, does everybody who old, holds a Yuga asset get access, including the dogs, or no? So, so the way that it works is that um, you need at least a mutant to claim, okay. but it's tiered. So there's four levels of rarity on the pass. If you just claim with a mutant, it's the lowest. If you claim with a mutant and a dog, uh, it's tier two. Tier three is an ape by itself, and tier four is an ape with a dog. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Very straightforward, I guess, right? Yeah. It's an easy, easy map to figure out. Uh, that's really interesting. Sorry, go ahead, Salty. I was just going to say, you know, in, uh, since we were talking about coins, uh, I mean, ape, ape staking is still printing, right? I mean, ape... Oh, super uh, profitable. Yeah, I, I mean, I got to hand it to them. You know, these are all the tokenomics in the world I'd look at and be like, well, that's obviously going to fail. It's just It just keeps printing more ape. But here we are, and it, it just keeps going. You know, it's, Has, well, that's just a good question because I've been I've been following as we talk about following stuff on Twitter. I've been following the apes talking about this, and I I kind of assumed that this was something that hasn't been working that well. But if you have staked your ape, are you making significant gains right now? Oh yeah, I, I think I think Franklin and and some of the large holders who have staked a lot of ape, they're probably experiencing six figures a month on their ape stake. Wow, it's, no it's kidding. actually worked very well because. Since Ape start staking started, Ape has gone from four to five dollars. Right. Um, and so not only and the emissions have been very good. So not only are you up on the ape that you originally bought or staked, right. but you you what your income is actually up versus what your original projections. God, that's incredible. I uh, I I'm same with salty. I'm same with you. Like I just don't understand how <laughs> how that's working right now. Well, I, I mean, it's just I, you know. Yeah, I had that moment of like, um, you know, one thing we all learned, I think, from the last NFT bull run was that when people start posting tweets like, I'm going to live off my Kong, I'm making $4,000 a day, or 
just imagine when I stake these creeps, you know, I'm making $16,000 a month or whatever. When people start posting like that, it's time to sell. And so I saw that, you know, people are talking about this on Ape, how much they're making staking. And I was like, well, to make that, you have to sell it. And everybody's selling, the price only goes one way. And boy, I mean, it just didn't happen. The apes are, I mean, don't fade Yuga, I guess is the lesson. I mean, it's well, just, it's so funny. I, I'm sure you guys have had this thought before. I mean, you know, Grant and Eric have been in this game for a while. But for me, I often think, shit, if I had just gone back to August of, August of 2021, when I first started kind of getting serious about NFTs and done nothing, done nothing except for buy like two apes back then, I would be so much better off. <laughs> I would be so much better off than what I've done probably over that time. I wouldn't have the same experiences and I wouldn't have the same hidden folder though. So let's just keep it at that. Uh, let's talk about um, a little bit about meme land here only because I, I wanted to follow up on what we talked about last week. Um, it, so it seems like it's remained pretty flat all week, um, which is kind of surprising considering that most other um, blue chips have gone down. It's around the mainland captain's mint is about um, 5.2, I think, right now, um, which is, you know, in, is down from where high, its highs were originally, but it's settled around there and it's been pretty flat. Um, I think a lot of us in mid-curve are feeling pretty good about it right now, but I don't know, Grant, what, what you feeling okay about where Memeland is and, and kind of what it's got coming up? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have a new take from from the previous week. Like they're shooting themselves in the foot with the just astronomical royalty uh, and the fact that you know you can't really access the most liquid marketplaces uh, in in the ecosystem right now. So you know, but just a higher proportion of OTC trades, uh, which are naturally higher risk of you know causing rugs and hacks and whatnot. Uh, but other than other than that, like I think the Ponzi is kind of holding strong, right? Like the nine the, the nine gig team like knows sort of what they're doing. They they slow play like every announcement, and you know they leak everything beforehand and kind of discuss it in a two hour long spaces and whatnot. And just I don't think there's anything new, right? I think you know the people who are high frequency traders have kind of taken their lumps already and moved on uh, and most people who are holding are kind of in it for at least a you know month-long hold until the art reveals and the staking starts and, and whatnot right like i think the only thing of note is kind of their most vocal i'll say advisor in kongs um kind of bowing out voluntarily because there's been for some reason a lot of uh fight and frustration from i guess like the captain's lounge towards mm. him which is I find that a little bit confusing because uh, it's it's not like the rest of Ray's advisors have been super outspoken online in terms of supporting him, right? Unless right. I've, I've been missing something. I don't think so. No, uh, like... you, ha you haven't seen anything from Gary or Cairo yeah. uh, or Tim Ferriss. Like, like every, every heavy hitter you had on our original website has just been radio silent. I, I, I don't... I, I understand I don't understand the anger towards Coons because he I, I think he's he's been very, very um skillful in how he he's he's siphoned he's back piggyback off of the momentum of meme land for his own thing, which has just been like wildly successful. Um yeah, I, I mean like we were talking about a bear market, but like everything in the Coons ecosystem, like that microcosm has just been great. Oh, it's um, unbelievable. Yeah. I couldn't, I honestly, I couldn't believe what it did. It made me furious about it. I was like, oh, I passed uh, it up. And I was like, oh, no. But, but he's, 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 I mean, he's been relatively upfront about like everything. Yeah. Um, and so you, you were already, it, 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 I don't think he's ever directly said this is a sister project, but, you know, like the pixel art is very similar um, thematically. Like, he, he, I, if you told me that he used the same guy, like, that the, that they use for potatoes and you know, I, I would not be surprised all right um and so like the associations are very close but he's also every time he said he's gonna buy like fucking potatoes or captains he's he's done it so i i don't know like i'm not i'm not i'm not super you know annoyed by or, or angry like or displeased by what what's happened there so I, I don't think it's actually detracted from the success of the overall project yeah and we're not we're not an alpha podcast by any stretch of the imagination here, but just a tip for our listeners. Uh, anytime you see people proclaim very loudly that they're not going to give a certain creator uh, a single penny uh, based on principle, 
uh, or morals, whether that be my lady, Donald Trump, or Kung's, uh, I, it's I, time I, to press the green button. It's <laughs> just loaded. Just loaded. Well, I will say I definitely have learned my lesson in the uh, uh, in the Azuki saga in that way, in that I did bow out of Azuki. Although I I bowed out early enough where I didn't hit the bottom, but then I did not I did not give enough credit to the people who were going to stick around through that world. And uh, Azuki is doing just fine at this point. Um, what other what was the oh there was one other thing I wanted to talk about, which was like um, Blur. I want to talk a little bit about Blur because we got to wrap up relatively soon, but. So we talked about at the top how the Blur airdrop is coming up soon. Um, the bid system seems to be kind of moving along pretty well. Obviously, you know, you see sometimes where a bunch of bids get accepted suddenly. And I think back to, I think, Granlin, what you were saying a couple of weeks ago about the idea of how the bid system can provide a cushion for liquidity when it needs to be. And, you know, if somebody gets liquidated, it's interesting to see on Blur that the bids do help the floor from getting smoked in an interesting way. And thought it would be worth just doing a quick check-in. Again, one quickly, when we talk about mid-curve uh, uh, mid and Blur, there are some investors in mid-curve in Blur. So uh, just to get that out of the way. But um, Grant, like, what's your take on how Blur has been performing here? And like, what's your expectations coming up for the airdrop? Well, I, I do a lot of like day-to-day -day inside baseball, so I always have something to complain about or, you know, passing along complaints from from the whales of, of the ecosystem of wallets, many multiples of, of mine. Uh, but I think by and large, like, it's sort of ingratiated itself as a, you know, essential part of NFT trading. Uh, notice I said trading and not necessarily collecting. Uh, I think I've sort of made my position clear to to the team there, you know, the the changes that they need to make in order to make it more well-rounded well and sort of easy to access uh, for the everyday user, you know, including mobile. I know you've been uh, very heavily banging on that particular drum, Funky. Uh, but yeah, I th you know, I think we're sort of chugging along here, right? Like, there's no perfect time to launch their token. There's no perfect time to end the incentives for bidding. Uh, but I think you know, the next couple of weeks is, is as good a time as, as any to sort of stress test uh, how essential it is uh, to to the ecosystem. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting floors to sort of, you know, make a straight shot to the, to the core of the earth. But uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think they'll do okay because, you know, people who farm the bids and are getting the bids accepted, like, what are they doing? Like, are they just holding those 50 board apes no they're actually dumping them right away right so yeah. when you think about like who's holding what in terms of supply like is there that much you know hangover to dump like the minute blur bidding ends uh i would argue it's probably less than than people expect and I would also argue maybe that the, I mean, I'm assuming that the bidding system will continue to exist even after the airdrop. And and I would imagine that in some ways, even though obviously people are farming it right now, there will be a use case for that, right? And I think it's actually provided an interesting use case and people are seeing it in different ways. And I'm actually curious to know how much of it will still happen post airdrop. And, you know, I think the other thing, Grant, that you probably know more of than than me for sure, because I'm not in the in work, I'm not an investor, but also like I don't talk to all these people all the time. Is I assume that Blur has incentives that they're working on post airdrop, so that they they know what they're doing, they know what happens after airdrops, they're aware of it. So I would imagine they've got plans post airdrop that they are working out and and hopefully like modeling out and seeing that it will it will, it will uh, uh, not just be like a complete like you know fall off. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think they definitely have the benefit of, you know, seeing what happened with Looks Rare and X2 and however many examples that there were before them. Uh, I guess I will say, you know, there probably is a limit to what they can do, given that they're a U.S. entity, given that uh, Pac-Man and the rest of the team, I I think, uh, will be doxing themselves uh, very soon in the near future. Uh, so, you know, they, they might not be able to do what Zod uh, and the kind folks over there at Looks Rare have been doing uh, in terms of promoting incentives. But certainly, you know, they have the benefit of hindsight. They have, you know, world-class advisors. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about, you know, the guys who <laughs> created Uniswap and, you know, come from Citadel and all that. Um, and yeah, it's just going to come down to, you know, I think leaving a little bit to be imagined, certainly, in terms of tokenomics. 
and just again stressing that you know the token will be important you know if if you want to continue to use blur and support blur yep that makes a lot of sense um all right well why don't we we should probably wrap it up we've been talking for about an hour before we go um i always want to ask everybody what they're looking forward to this week eric what are you looking forward to this week in the world of nft or nfts or crypto um i think for me i'm pretty excited about uh noble cards season two Mm-hmm. Um, the raffle is happening on the 19th. And so every season one card holder gets season two card at 0.25. They announced a really strong slate of artists. I think there's going to be 44 drops this year. Um, and, and they, isn't you know, DK is a big part of it too, right? At the D- second D- one, DK is the lead, he's the artist on the season two card. So season yep. one was Steerlight, uh, season two was DK. Um, I think they're teasing like a lot of big artist names coming in. Terrell Jones, uh, mm-hmm. Fuck Render, you know, a couple of big names have already been confirmed. So it's a it's a good slate, and I think um, people are people are pretty happy with season one and what the team was able to put together there. Um, so the so setup is pretty good. The raffle is for two hundred season two cards, but at a sale price of five ETH, which is kind of steep. Um, but I, I think like relative, if I sort of look at art passes, you know, over the last little while, the ones that have, have worked, that's not necessarily unreasonable. And, and where I will, I would probably peg this at definitely like lesser than a rare pass. Um, but probably a little better than like a GM DAO or, or, or some of the other passes, um, passes out there. And so. So I think that's going to be pretty cool. There's going to have a lot of announcements. And then there's like three meme card drops that I'm, I'm hoping to get uh, allowed listed for next week. You what, know, with the Noble cards, um, like say for the DK drop, is it a edition of 200 that's the DK drop? Is that what it is? Is it is it the same piece of art? So so there's the, the card itself, like the pass yep. itself. That's where DK is doing his art. Oh, so, I got it. Okay. So if you own the pass, you will do DK art. And then they'll have these weekly drops where the additions are 50 to 150 that right, Noble card holders raffle for. And they can they can then continue to do win those cards. Got it. Okay. And those are the raffle ones are free if you win the raffle. Um, they have a they're not free, uh, but they're they're usually at a big discount to what like market value would be. Got so it. for for the season finale, I think the most of the artist cars were around like 0.3 ETH. So okay. like pay 0.3 for like a Grant Yoon is a pretty good deal. Um, and I think they ended up charging like three ETH for the fuck render, but that was an additional of 50. And, you know, it has also been like a pretty good trade for anybody that won. Right. Okay. That's great. That's good yeah. to know. Uh, um, let's see. What uh, Grant, what about you? What are you looking forward to this week? I don't, I don't know that I have an answer, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next thing that will, that, that will excite me, if that makes any sense, because I think it's been like a year and three days since like I knew an NFT project was special. Like yeah. when Azuki dropped, like I just, I could feel it in my bones and I know I wasn't the only one, clearly, the, the market validated that view as well. Um, I knew I wasn't the only one. I can feel it in my bones that it was like we were onto something, right? Like it just captivated uh the emotions and obviously the capital of, of of the market and we just we haven't had that right um and i definitely miss it uh and i think you know whenever we see that, that next innovation will like actually start to see like new wallets and more capital flow in right because the last sort of month or so of you know the the raising of expectations and the raising of floor prices have been, I will say, a little bit synthetic, like at least half of it. Uh, and we just we need some we need some organic uh, introduction of, of of capital here. I would say. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. I I, I also say, think you know late August, late September, were we like farming cheese? Man, <laughs> those were the days, yo. <laughs> well, I was gonna say like the last time I can feel that I was like kind of amazed as not only a project, but what the market reaction to a project was, was, was Goblins, which was back in May. And obviously that's a different kind of project, but that was a very long time ago. And, and I agree with you, Azuki is something that was very special. And you can definitely feel those when they come out. Um, it'll be interesting to see which ones kind of have that power, if anything. I, I, would love, I would love for there to be a new project that we haven't heard of, kind of either stealth drop or kind of let us know that it's happening and then happen pretty quickly and everybody get excited about it. Can I just mention that even like for the project that have imploded, like our gobblers, they've developed in really interesting ways, like how like gobbler art is basically just this 
erotica which which i find hilarious yeah it is very strange um what a weird world we live in all right salty what about you what are you looking forward to yeah i uh i'll crib from grant a little bit that i'm looking forward to looking forward to something um you know i'm i'm interested to see what happens you know with prices across the board uh i don't think we'll have a full-on altcoin rotation but I think there's plenty of potential for upside in well-established alts, especially those that carry nice narratives with them. Uh, although, as we talked about earlier, the narrative of the week seems to change constantly. And if you can get out ahead of it, like liquid staking derivatives or GMX, you know, uh, uh, you, you'll be good. Although GMX is, you know, pumping APRs again because of all the volume that's come back. Uh, and yeah, and we'll see with with NFTs. You know, I think that NFTs. Uh, my guess is that they're short-term, short ETH because uh, it's just attention, right? All the attention and narrative focus and thread ors, you know, start talking about coins and that's where people think the quick money is. And so the NFTs cool off, but um, I would love another week of, you know, besides all this big stuff, um, DGEN mints and, and fast flipping still being, you know, somewhat profitable. So maybe it'll rotate back. Yeah, I agree. That was... That would be that would be a super fun. Th- it was definitely fun for about four days to do that. Uh, it was, was really a really and, solid four or five days. Yeah. yeah, which is pretty pretty crazy. And then you start to be like, it doesn't go very long. And, and then every one of us learned how to operate a midbot, and then it just all went to shit from there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to seeing. I think maybe it was last week. One of you guys said like, kind of like uh, putting up or shutting up for a bunch of these big projects. I think. You know, an interesting one I think is going to be Moonbirds, and 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 I think that you know Kevin Rose has said a couple times in on Twitter about how he's going really hard this year, or that he wants it. He, he shouted out Yuga doing a great job, and and how he really wants to be a, a project that gives back to holders. Which I'm really curious to know what that's going to look like, and and how if they've learned the lessons from the issues they had in in 20 um late 2022 uh, and see what they can do i think obviously watching azuki is going to be interesting i'm i'm just mostly fascinated by like all the stuff that's going to be happening with the blue chips and see you know even pudgies i think has some stuff coming up and and seeing what the reaction of the market's going to be to that i i think that that'll be a fascinating like probably 2 to 4 weeks of experience and then the other thing i'm looking forward to is is hopefully like just just having a, a, a scenario where uh, if we talk to our families or our loved ones about what we do with some of our time, that they don't think we are insane. <laughs> That'll be nice to see if, if uh, perhaps the, uh, the bottom, in some ways, we may not be at the bottom bottom, but at least we're closer than, than we are to the top, I feel like, which is a good thing. Uh, sorry, we're closer to the bottom than we are to the top, which is a good thing. Um, all right, any other words before we go? Anybody want to say anything for the rest of the week or you got anything else? All right. We'll wrap it up right here then, everybody. Um, thank you for joining us in the Midcurve podcast. We will be back next week. Um, again, it is Sunday, January 15th. We hope you have a great week. And, uh, you know, enjoy the enjoy the time that is. The ETH is up and everything is going okay so far. So thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon.